0: What's up? Welcome to episode forty-one of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I'm your host Kofi Outlaw, and with me today is my co-host Matthew Aguilar. What up? And we've brought back one of your all-time favorites, the Queen of Anime herself, Megan Peters, is joining us on the couch. uh, I think for the first time for something like totally non-anime related, which is a big milestone. But uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, people want to see
0: you, so we got to bring you back. So here we are.
1: Hey, I love all of you.
0: <laughs> all right. So, if we're not doing anime stuff, what are we doing with Megan today? Well, we have a lot to talk about across the board today. We have some Marvel news to talk about. We got some big developments in the Star Wars universe to discuss. We have a prop, a popular franchise from a couple of years ago that seems to be making a return. And we are going to take some time to break down what's going on in the DC Films universe because there's been... A few developments that are worth discussing and updating you guys on. And we are going to review Marvel Netflix's Jessica Jones Season 3, a.k.a. the season that barely mattered. So (laughs) we're going to get to all of that, and we're going to start right here at the top by talking about something that has just happened, which is the MTV Movie Awards, which is something I'm not going to dedicate too much of my life space to uh, (laughs) right now because I was done with my... Teenage years, many years ago. So I'm you don't not still in. watch MTV. I mean, I watch a little ridiculousness, and I have a <laughs> trashy Jersey Shore obsession that I don't like to talk about because I like to be respected by people. So I don't talk about it a lot.
1: <laughs> there's no judgment here. only yeah, just nice. like I little feel like bit.
0: that's never been true of this place of business. Well, that's ever. fair. Yeah, but true. this oh. is the
2: only time of year I tune in MTV. Is these. Yeah, it's the like
0: awards. Yeah, it's like the awards shows. Yeah, I actually watch. It's sad, but I watch the uh, music video, or like the uh, video music awards, yeah. mm-hmm. just so I can stay with it. Just mm-hmm. so I'm not like completely lost. And now, year by year, most of those are just getting to me. Be like, me googling, who is this? Yes. <laughs> like, who True. is this baby?
1: Yeah, it's like I don't know who you are. Literally, the only reason I watched last night was to see Lizzo perform. That's it. Okay,
0: well. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the show too much, because like I said, this is not our cup of tea, and this is not what we discuss very often on this podcast, but there was something of note, and uh, Marvel had some big wins last night, so Mm -hmm. those are worth talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Because who knows? I mean, this might be the only awards Marvel get. I'm not betting on the Golden Globes or Oscars, so we'll take the MTV Movie Awards, I guess, where Avengers Endgame won for Best Movie, which was a big, that's a big one. It took on the biggest award of the night. Mm-hmm. So, like, fans were really feeling Avengers Endgame, and it mm-hmm. won. Uh, but that wasn't it. RDJ, Robert Downey Jr., won Best Hero. Nice. Which is kind of awesome for his uh, big it story goes right arc in and sacrifices yeah. Iron yeah. Man. And it's kind of like one of those good ones to you give somebody at the end of their whole run mm-hmm. for the entire run. Because, I mean, he I mean this is the guy who launched the modern superhero movie franchise, and now he's kind of finished out, and he got a very epic and powerful ending in Avengers Endgame, so that's well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, oh, that's the award he's been chasing his whole career. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: isn't that the Are they still award the everyone is? Are they yes, still, the popcorn? still yeah. a okay. giant popcorn. Old popcorn. They have a yeah. great
0: design, i yeah, I mean, man.
1: it's not a bad thing I'm not handing <laughs> on the award.
0: Something that makes you hungry and you can beat a thief to death with exactly. is, is something I try to keep around the house, too. Thanos mm-hmm. uh, won Best Villain, that's which, me. you know, I mean, Josh Brolin really put in some say, work to make Thanos kind of a household name now. So. Who else was in that category? Don't ask, of don't ask me. <laughs> <any
1: questions. laughs> don't ask me questions. Don't ask. We <laughs> are only relevant to the Marvel aspect. Yeah, I, that's as curious. much
0: as I've dipped my toe in, that's as much as I'm willing to dip my toe <laughs> <laughs> Fair in. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know. And uh, you can take the last one, because you were really oh, happy about this I last was, one. I
2: was excited. Captain Marvel took best fight, hey. uh, which, by the way, was against Endgame's Captain America versus Thanos fight. Which and. so. Well, uh, well, yeah, I think I think it beats that. (laughs) And then also, uh, it was against the main event of WrestleMania, which was uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. So, like, I mean, all your
1: favorites, I mean, yeah, like
2: this category was like made for me. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, other than having like a Golden Girls throwdown, like Uh this is perfect. So, yeah, it's good competition and uh, what as it should. Plus,
1: she brought out her um, like stunt, like her stunt actors. Oh my god, yes! And she was basically like, I mean, thank you for this award, but like without these ladies to my like side like this wouldn't have happened and i was like you know awesome. what give the give credit to those stunt actors yeah. like they put in so many hours and they never get like so which captain marvel the, fight one you know, wars they need
2: the one uh against minerva mm-hmm. and it was that so essentially that last fight scene like on marvel's ship mm-hmm. that oh, okay. kind of went out to when they were like flying and minerva shooting like it's kind of mm-hmm. i guess they considered that whole sequence mm-hmm. so yeah
1: yeah. Plus, that was
0: a good moment in that movie for sure.
2: Right in the yeah. soundtrack and like all that stuff hits and Yeah. yeah.
1: Plus I it, think was ev- that
0: I'm just a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty good.
1: And I think everyone overlooked a very important moment during the War Show that Black Adam and Shazam met up. No, no, no.
0: I didn't
2: notice that, but that's a really good point. I think yeah. we need more
0: people to have seen and cared
2: this game. <laughs> well, the, the Rock,
1: the Rock won I an mean, award. Showing
2: up anywhere. Well, he yeah. was doing he was accepting the generation. generation order, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, I saw.
1: he was accepting and good old Zachary Levi gave it to him. And you could tell Zachary Levi looked terrified because he just looked at him <laughs> and was like, One day, I'm gonna have to fight you. And one day I will lose. <laughs> yeah, Rock's
2: me. an imposing dude.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's, anybody's going to yeah, debate that. He's a guy. For if this was the understatement podcast, you, just, you <laughs> really A Just to wrap this whole thing up, just to let you know who the other best villains
2: were. <laughs> you looked it up.
0: Yeah, oh, I did. <laughs> uh, it was the serial killer lady from Killing Eve, uh, mm. the evil commander from The Handmaiden's Tale, Joseph mm. Uh Lupita Nyong'o in Us, oh. and mm. the stalker guy from You. Dude, he was really good. That show's awesome. I know, but like clearly, like they yeah. just like was a yeah. There was no contest. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So Thanos I was just, just curious about
0: that. that Here
2: is a bunch of really creepy people, and then Thanos, and you are like okay.
1: <laughs> the closest one for me is Killing Eve, but yeah, Thanos would win. Sorry,
0: I am sorry. I am not with you guys on the Captain Marvel thing. I Ooh. feel like my girl Arya Stark got robbed. Oh, that was yeah. That was yeah. the other one. Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones yeah. Yeah. and the White Walkers. I mean. I think that was the most captivating fight of the year. I mean, single, single battle moments that like yeah. really captured pop culture. I think that was it. But I'm not hating because I like I'm that honestly
2: amazed movie. that didn't win. Yeah, me too. Mm. I was looking at so that a
0: lot list. of people apparently. But uh, yeah. it's the MTV Movie Awards. So how much outcry do you really want to care about? Uh, I
1: think, I think Kofi
2: secretly wants a uh,
0: golden popcorn. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed for it for like right. this
2: podcast I mean, or something. Podcast <laughs> we stuff? could yeah. just
1: technically go to the theater, get some popcorn. Spray paint and gold. Oh, off.
0: yeah. No, we'll I want the MTV masses to worship me. I need I need that. So, yeah, oh. for this podcast, you know, season two goals. Got season it. Season two enough. goals. Fair Episodes enough. Episode 100 to 200. This is what we're going for. Put it on the whiteboard. All right, so that's enough promoting MTV. Let's move right <laughs> along and talk about there was a big development in the Star Wars universe. Hmm. Star Wars has its new own Kevin Feige that got kind of put in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big believer. I just call that like it's a job title. Yeah, I was now. gonna say. <laughs> well, yes. right, that's what I just say. Like I've been saying about DC. Like he, I mean, it's hard to say because Kevin Feige, you're always like head of Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios for the president, president of this. Bl- we just say a Kevin Feige. Like DC yeah. needs a Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars now has it's Kevin Feige, and Star Wars Kevin Feige is. Actually, Michelle, uh, I don't want to butcher your name, Michelle, I'm sorry, Rejwan, I mm. think is the uh, best way I can say that, Michelle Rejwan, who has worked with Lucasfilm before. She was kind of worked with J.J. for a long time on a lot of his films. So she worked on um, The Force of Awakens. She was also kind of instrumental in working with J.J. on films like Super 8. So she has experience kind of taking on blockbuster-level mm-hmm. Things that have a lot of moving parts. And she's now been put in charge of Star Wars TV and films and kind yeah. of developing that. So it's a perfect time for she's that. She's
1: about to Star get Wars. real busy with Disney Plus on her horizon, Right. Like, barring just the Mandalorian, but.
0: Yeah, it her, pops off. her official title is senior vice president of live action development and production.
1: That's a that's an enviable title,
0: right? That's yeah, that's a
2: nice placard. I, I think in a it's uh, a long com- business card in comparison to DC, where you know people coming in are trying to like write the ship or change and adjust things. I really think she's coming in at a perfect time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean she is. She's a producer on the final s- installment of the Skywalker saga, the yeah. upcoming Star Wars Episode Nine, mm-hmm. The Rise of Skywalker. And afterwards, like, the groundwork is already there for what she has to kind of do and pull off. But obviously, yeah, it's these two big Star Wars TV shows that are coming from the Disney Plus service, The Mandalorian and um, Cassian Andor series, the Rogue mm-hmm. One prequel. Mm-hmm. There's also been rumors of a third series that coming, and yeah. it could be Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, mm-hmm. And she has these three new films, which are coming from the Game of Thrones guys, uh, David Benoif and D.B. Weiss. And, yeah, so this is, like, a perfect time because she's not, like, being thrown Mm -hmm. under the bus. Like, Star Wars has already made its stumbles. They've already decided to kind of slow down, Mm -hmm. take their time, and really develop these new things. And so she has time to kind of really work on them and develop them and focus on them and make sure each component is good. And also make sure they kind of interlock and interplay in a very sensible kind of continuity way. Yeah, they complement each other. Yeah, they complement each other. So... I think this is a good idea, mm-hmm. and I think if she's kind of had experience working with people like J.J. and Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy, that's a good kind of middle-level headed thing because they can be, like Kathleen Kennedy obviously can have her own strong opinions as, whatchamacallit, uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller, yeah. and like kind of mm-hmm. Phil, or Phil, Mil- Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Well, now Miller, you Phil have interchange. At this doubting. point, they're yeah. interchangeable. <laughs> I, went, I, went,
2: I was with you because it sounded right, and then I was like, oh no, no
0: I'm doubting now. Chris Miller and Phil Lord, yeah. Yeah, Phil Lord.
3: Funny <laughs> yeah.
0: little uh, Jump, still Jump still Street still. guys learned during solo, like, yeah, Kathleen Kennedy mm-hmm. is still like okay. the authority over there. Mm-hmm. So I think all said and done, like, yeah, this is a good time to really have somebody who's managing the parts because Star Wars has been kind of contained to their individual like creators and directors, mm-hmm. and, and it seems like that hasn't necessarily worked out the best way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good to have a Kevin Feige. Always have a Kevin Feige. Absolutely. So. I'm really proud. Congratulations to her because she was just like, a loose producer, exec producer, yeah, this, an that, awesome and the other promo, yeah,
2: yeah
1: you definitely A like, hot I'm just, promotion. I'm so curious how this like went down behind the scenes, but also I was pretty excited to see like the fan reaction. Say for like the usual trolls you get who are still complaining about the Last Jedi. Like most people were pretty positive to see this like directional change, so I'm yeah. supporting her.
0: Yeah, yeah man. I'm I'm all oh, I'm here for it,
2: and so.
1: it's
0: nice to see it
2: before a franchise hits rock bottom. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like typically, this move doesn't get done until something is just in the dirt, and they're like, "All right, we got to resurrect it." PR, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's nice to see it. Like, oh hey, we're we were just on a downswing, and we can be on an upswing quick.
0: It's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, man, yeah. I'm all I'm here for it. Like I said, so the best of Michelle, and please make this galaxy. Fun again. Oh, man. I didn't mean Oh, God. I didn't mean for that to come out that way. I didn't mean for it to come out that way. (laughs) He meant it. I genuinely just meant it the way.
1: The narrator says he meant it to come
0: out that way. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. All right. Down the rabbit hole we go. (laughs) Moving right along then. So if we're going to get into weirdly authoritative political stuff. (laughs) It's a good yes. topic to bring up is the Hunger Games, where we are all headed.
1: So, <laughs> Which one of us is going to try to do the whistle? I can't whistle, so I'm screwed.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing that.
1: Yeah, just, just pretend you hear that. Now. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Insert whistle here.
2: I wish I could. But uh,
0: I Hunger Games, going into the 2010s, I mean, this was one of the biggest things mm-hmm. in novels, in YA novels, was mm-hmm. the Hunger Games, of course then it became the huge movie franchise that launched jennifer lawrence's career to the next stratosphere Mm. um yeah it's so crazy to think about like how long ago that was now and man it just feels like the hunger games came and went and yeah still been alive but like i don't know what's happened to my life since then all right Mm
1: -hmm. yes the it's the prequel so it's like 64 years before um talks about like the restoration period like yeah yeah talking about like I don't know. I have very strong feelings about young. So adult like, let's just frame
0: this. So author so, Suzanne Collins is writing a prequel yes. novel to the Hunger Games trilogy that she wrote. Yes, um, right now, like she's yeah. in the middle of writing it.
2: I'm yep. pretty
1: sure. I think it's.
2: Is it done? It's okay. coming
1: out in like early next year, so okay. like she at least has to have. So this is the first
0: not a George R. Martin done. thing.
1: No, like. it has a definitive date <laughs> okay. because Lionsgate has said they're doing a script. Yeah, set script for release on it. May nineteenth of
0: twenty twenty. Okay.
1: So, yeah, like yeah, this, is, this is. There's definitely at least a draft done. <laughs>
0: I, and hope. It's, yeah, it's set, I hope. I <laughs> hope. If you don't know the history of Hunger Games, it's set in a world uh, in a nation called Pan Am, which is like America sort of. Um, that's broken up into. 12 districts, 13 really, spoilers for very old books. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, um, that are conquered by this kind of authoritative government that kind of to keep the, there's a rebellion, which this book covers the dark days after the failed rebellion against the kind of authoritative government of Pan Am. Mm -hmm. And because of that rebellion, and, and to remind people of the rebellion and how it got squashed, the government eventually puts together the Hunger Games, Mm -hmm. which are kind of a ceremony to remind people of the uprising and the failure and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be set during the dark days and basically leading up to what will be the Hunger Games and the rebellion Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So that's what we're... (laughs) I love this. They put out a promo that just says, the Hunger Games, untitled Pan Am novel with a picture of a, fe- with a freaking feather on it. I mean, makes
1: sense. Date.
2: It's yeah. a little less than stellar as a as yeah. a teaser image, but yeah,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Untitled Pan Am novel. It's like they went to one of our databases and like <laughs> like one of our database pages.
1: You were too excited to announce yeah. They know. Yeah, they couldn't wait.
0: It'd just be hilarious
2: if it had like clip art. Like, <laughs> pulled from wherever, like, at the very bottom.
1: And
0: um, the obviously, board. there's an obvious reason why, I mean, this novel will be relevant now. Um I think a lot of the worries about authoritativism and where the world is headed and are we headed for some kind of dark ages, that kind of anxiety is what Collins will play with now. Mm-hmm. And kind of be like, we could be headed for the Hunger Games, you know? So, yeah. There. Now, let's just be clear. This is before Katniss Aberdeen is alive, so no Katniss Aberdeen. Right. But Lionsgate, the film production company that was behind the entire Hunger Games series, is already looking at this like a snack and is already kind of teasing that, I feel like they're just
2: hovering over yeah. her shoulder. Oh,
1: they were 900% going to, like, do their <laughs> own if the, if Suzanne Collins was like, I'm okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they would have figured out a way to do it. Because they're just, um,
2: like, just sitting there. Oh, yeah, we've, we're, we've already got the script. It's coming.
1: Like, yeah.
0: man, ease. Yeah, oh. I mean, <laughs> relax. Lionsgate chairman, here's the quote. As a proud home of the Hunger Games movies, we can hardly wait for Suzanne's next book to be published. We've been communicating with her during the writing process, and we look forward to continuing to work closely with her on the movie. So let me translate that for you kids. It's, this guy just basically said, you're not going to George R.R. R. Martin us. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be over your shoulder with a gun in the back of your head, and as soon as you are done, we are optioning this. Like, hurry up and get done. Yeah. Lionsgate needs that money. So... This was, like, one of the big... I mean, Mm -hmm. this was, like, when Lionsgate was really feeling itself. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was doing things like swooping up Summit Entertainment. They were like, we're going to get this Twilight money. We're going to get this Hunger Games money. We're going to get all this YA money. Mm -hmm. Until that YA money started going down the drain because, yeah. uh,
1: LOL, Divergent.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh Divergent, Maze Runner. I mean... I actually liked
2: the first one in that franchise. Maze Runner? Divergent. Um, Oh. I actually liked that movie. I mean... It's just, I didn't like the rest of them, but I like the
1: movie. It's just this whole conversation is kind of interesting to me because by necessity, young adult novels, the people who kind of grew up with The Hunger Games, reading it, which then promoted it, a lot of those people have kind of grown out of that YA phase, which I'm not saying young adult is just for young adult novels. I still enjoy them very much. Wait, I am young adult. This doesn't help my argument. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, ignoring that tangent, like I'm curious to see what this reception will be and like who this novel will be for. Like, I'm really curious if this prequel in the subsequent movie will be, like, YA or if they're just going to be like, nah, it's kind of just more like an older take on it. Because that's not the audience anymore, right? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, kind of growing up with the audience, but also especially the content it's going to be discussing, like the failed, like, rebellion. It's going to get... Dark. I mean, there were some really dark parts of the Hunger Games. I mean, the last book and the last two films um, yeah, I mean, obviously dove pretty, into it. Pretty dark. Yeah. Pretty so, nice. so I can only expect that this prequel will do the same. So I'm interested to it's see just like blown up. Wow. Well, <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, it was <laughs> still too soon. <laughs> so I'm just curious to see like what kind of audience they're absolutely going to position it as young adult because that's what will sell book money but i'm curious what they'll do with the movie um tone wise well
2: and that's one of the biggest things that the original franchise did right was appeal to that it's about that demographic that it pulls Mm in the theaters which is so hard as we've seen this summer to do reliably Mm -hmm. uh so i mean yeah it would seem like they'll the movie will aim at right. young adult the book though I would be very int- I'm, I'm interested as well yeah, I mean
0: I feel like at this point it, it, it would have to be for the generation that grew up with the books mm-hmm. and is now facing kind of the hard existential questions of society and the world and the times we live in and stuff like that
2: here's the question though
0: how many movies out of
2: one book because the, that last book oh, right oh god did they split it and do two movies from one book, or do they? Yeah. Do no, they one? gave
0: you two halves of a movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. The
2: One was just everybody one.
0: dying. The second one, and the first one was everybody talking. So are they going to yeah. do that for this? If I they
1: do, it. well,
0: I mean, I mean, I feel like this one be, book was made. I in feel the like it's gonna be a Hollywood. one book to one movie ratio. But then you're gonna find out it's like a five book series. Well, that's
2: probably like uh, yeah, I have beast.
1: very little doubt that if this prequel does well, she's got like several in the back ready to just be like, hey, by the way, <laughs> we're ready we'll to go. Before Star Wars, <laughs> do a
0: sequel trilogy too after that. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, Hunger Games making a comeback. Yeah, buddy. Before the Hunger Games are established. I really wish I could. I hope
1: be. it's just called. Um, like the games or the full games.
0: Pan Am. I'm hungry.
1: The slightly hungry games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm it should hungry. be called. I'm
0: hungry. All right. <laughs> Well, moving right along, we got a couple quick shout-outs to do since it seems we have time. Uh, Matt had one and Megan had one, so I'm going to let you guys shine. Matt, what's your shout-out? So if
2: you are a big tabletop fan, uh, you will probably have noticed, or hopefully you will notice after this, uh, that we cover a lot of great board games uh, and also role-playing games over at Comic Book. So if you go to the uh, link... Tabletop Gaming, if you just type that in to comicbook.com, you will find a ton of reviews, previews, a bunch of D&D deep dives, uh, previews of games that are out. So, And a ton more coming, so just FYI, make sure to keep a uh, bookmark on that link.
1: Yes. I will absolutely do that for you if you do the same for me with anime. Uh, for those curious, because I am the queen of anime, My Hero Academia just released its like full trailer for season four. And most importantly, it announced that it has a premiere date, October 12th. So if anyone's been eager to catch back up with that series, it's one of the most popular anime out there Period right now. Um, So everyone's excited for that. The fall season looks like it's going to be absolutely insane. So people just want to make sure they keep an eye on All Might right now. Be a good idea.
0: Booyah. Will do. All right. That'll do it for our shout outs. You guys should stay tuned because when we come back, we are going to talk about a big list of DC movie updates we need to uh, discuss. And we are going to review Marvel Netflix's Jessica Jones season three. So be sure to stay tuned for that.
4: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All
0: right, so I didn't know how to define this next section because it was just a bunch of stuff. <laughs> so it was all DC movie
2: stuff. It's the McKays of news.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> here we go. We've so got which a bunch I buy? of new DC movie <laughs> updates to talk about, and uh, I thought we'd start at the top by to- talking about token about talking <laughs> about Joker. So Ooh. there's been some rumors about Joker that have been flying around. a uh, Leaked script that has some kind of interesting details. Um, one of them was that, uh, of course, the movie would be rated R, which has been in debate since we've first known about this project. But uh, it seems that we've gotten some. Good, soft confirmation that that is indeed the case, or at least that it's intended to be a rated R movie. Uh, Director Todd Phillips has said, I mean, he went on Twitter to answer a question from a fan about the rating, um, and he said, it will be rated R. I've been asked about this a lot, just assumed people knew, sorry. So it seems like Todd Phillips always intended for this to be a rated R Joker story, which is interesting because in keeping with a lot of the kind of Rumors we've heard from the script leak, there are some pretty violent parts to this film. Um, Joker really does kill some people and uh, pretty cold-blooded murders that have yeah. been alluded to, like in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So it seems like an R rating is very necessary for this kind of story. And I think it's it's what most fans wanted. Like I don't think anybody wanted to see a PG-13 version of Joker, even though you can make that whole argument about Heath Ledger's Joker mm-hmm. in the Dark Knight being scary as hell and that being PG-13 and he's blasting people out of truck windows with a shotgun, you know, and stuff like that, and which is all true. But I think this was the case where we really wanted to see DC films do something different. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. something darker, do something edgier. Don't give us something that could fit in the DCEU. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to go out this route, like, let's go all the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. that's good news for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm honestly kind of in the same camp as far as, like, I assumed
0: mm-hmm. it yeah, was.
2: Too. Yeah, like, once yeah. we heard that team, I was like, oh, okay, well, why would they bother making yeah. a PG-13 joke? We have so many great, by the way, PG-13 versions of Joker. So, mm-hmm. it's not that you can't do when We have all this evidence to the contrary. It's just that we want something different, and when you get this kind of team together, mm-hmm. you want to see them be able to explore those things.
1: Yeah. And, um, like, also... The trailer just kind of looks so unhinged. Yeah, it was like it's absolutely rated R. I'm I'm already creeped out by this trailer, so
2: I'm creeped out by it because Kofi keeps watching it behind me in my desk. Hear
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the casual music, slowly. And then he sends me
0: screenshots in Slack of the trailer.
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. That's
0: not just behind you. I was watching it in the movie theater. To be fair, when I sent you a slide <laughs> the in a movie theater. <laughs> Just to let you know I'm dedicated to arguing. Why do you watch it so much? Uh, But yeah, it looks good. I I like the trailer. It is a great trailer. It is an amazing trailer. So I like it. What can I say? (laughs) I like the trailer. I'm down with Joker. All right. So (laughs) moving right along. The next thing is uh, the good people of Cine Europe got a first look at several DC films. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joker, they got to see something from. They got to see something from Wonder Woman 1984. And as well from the Birds of Prey movie, all of which will be hitting uh, Joker will be this fall. And then Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 1984 will kind of be in the first half of next year. Mm -hmm. So we don't have like a whole lot about what they saw, except that, you know, they're kind of keeping tight lipped on it. But it's good to know that it's kind of out there and people are getting looks, which kind of suggests we'll probably get some first looks pretty soon. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, though. Why are they
2: getting looks now when WB just came out and said, like, we didn't have really anything prepared to show at Comic-Con?
0: I'm sure what they got is just, like, sizzle reel stuff. It's I mean, not, mm-hmm. like, all that thing. I mean, you're really sexing up this story for the listeners. I, I'm just
2: saying, like, <laughs> that was that was what went through my mind when I wrote it. It was like, uh, why are they getting... This. <laughs> <Why> <laughs> when are
0: they getting this. Why I didn't they
2: getting this? Yeah, <laughs> Comic Con's like, oh, I hey. wanted to see it. I mean, I'm yeah. sure it
1: has to do with the platform because there's like, there's less pressure to debut it at something like Cine yes. Europe, which I mean is a big deal abroad, but like, it's more of like, me. It's kind of more industry. Not a lot of public fan yeah. of people know it, yeah. as opposed to San Diego Comic Con, which like my mom reads about. Like that, and a group of fans
2: yeah. is going to go into that, and if they see, yeah, that, I think
1: the it's real, just two very yeah. different places with That's two fair. very different and expectations. I think Warner Brothers has
0: learned how to kind of drop things out there to test the waters and use mm-hmm. that will let them start to gauge reaction with, yeah. without, you know sending out too much of a bad, you know, blip on the radar in case things go south. Mm -hmm. I mean, I
2: can't wait to see more from Wonder Woman 1984, but Birds of Prey is the one that just Mm -hmm. is, I'm so curious about, because that could either go so
0: badly or or so
2: so well well and just be like Mm -hmm. the new Dark Horse movie that they have.
0: Yeah, and I hope, like, it's more kind of like its own exciting thing and less of a Suicide Squad, yeah. like, mm-hmm. rehash, because that would be unfortunate. Team
2: Hunters, right?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to see Margot Robbie be a two-time loser in the DCEU, because uh, she's been wonderful as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want her to get a good franchise movie underneath her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we still don't know much about these films. Um, I don't see us getting much of a look at Joker at all before mm. it, it's time to hit theaters, because uh, we know that WB is skipping Hall H this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have presents at Comic-Con, but it'll probably be just smaller promotional things. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get, like, a Joker trailer around that time that'll be on pull-up replay around the convention, something, who knows?
2: If you didn't see anything else from Joker until it released, would you be okay? Yeah,
0: yes. I would. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
3: yes. I mean,
0: I don't think you need to sell this film. I think you've yeah. done it in one trailer as an origin story about the Joker, the end. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. to... You don't need to tell me any of these other rumors I've been reading are true. Like, I don't need a trailer where... He's obsessed with Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a possible connection between them and all that. Like, I don't need that as a hook. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing Joaquin Phoenix take on this character performance is pretty much the hook I need.
2: I'm typically the opposite when it comes to that. Like, I typically like seeing little pieces of footage spliced in TV spots and stuff. For this one, I completely agree. Like, I'm I'm in the thing. I'm sold. Yeah. Opening day, I'm there. I'm going to
1: see it. Like, that one trailer, I was like, and bye. (laughs) <laughs> well, not yet. They're not out yet. Yeah, they're but not. But someday. It's, it's only someday.
0: theoretical by. Yes. Yes.
1: Just just to myself. Hypothetical.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Now, Birds of Prey, I definitely need to see something from.
1: Oh, yeah. We yes. just got, like, that, like, little teaser we got as soon as I started production, yeah. which was, like, pretty good. Very excited by what I saw. But, like, it Told me nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And by Absolutely the time Joker nothing. hits theaters, like, yeah, I need to see something, like, official like, and yeah. maybe yeah. a couple trailers and, like, a teaser. Because it'll be
2: feb- – I mean, yeah, come out February, yeah, yeah. That's, that's even that far from now. So. Birds
1: of Prey is not going to have that, like, name brand value as you're no. going to get with so, Joker. So, like, <laughs> I need a teaser
0: this summer and, like, a full trailer by the time Joker hits theaters. Yeah, like, I'm
1: going to I'm gonna need honest. some character trailers. And, <laughs> yeah, you
0: need to drum up some publicity for that mm-hmm. because right now I feel like that's woefully under the radar with, like, mainstream viewers. Which brings us to our next topic of somebody who suffered from that. Shazam. Uh, Shazam. Say the name. (laughs) Shazam. Not at all a bad film, but, like, we were just talking, like, when it came out. Pretty kind of underwhelming in the marketing department. Not enough penetration. In terms of marketing penetration, mm-hmm. like not enough people, you gave me that look
2: of like, I'm like, I didn't I, just even realized, think it.
0: I heard it come out of my mouth, <laughs> and I was just like, oh man, not but not enough marketing penetration, not enough people knew who Shazam was, what it was, and to go see it. And the film kind of underperformed, but that's not stopping me. And apparently, we're going into a sequel mm-hmm. because this is all part of a larger franchise with the Rock's Black Adam movie, which is now has a director, and Zachary Levi kind of uh, revealed that. He's expecting the script is already in progress and he's expecting to shoot it late spring, early summer next year, mm-hmm. which would uh, probably put it in the 2021 to 2022 range uh, for DC films. But uh seems like we're still pushing ahead with that Shazam sequel. I'm surprised
2: that this is so early because mm-hmm. I was telling Megan before the show we were talking about a little bit like Shazam only made 363 mil worldwide. Mm-hmm. Like. I feel like if it's any other movie, because Shazam was so critically received well, mm-hmm. I feel like it's getting that, okay, well, <laughs> we can fix whatever. Like, the movie was good. It just didn't do the numbers, right? But I feel like if that was any other property, we wouldn't be getting a sequel. It would be in limbo like every other film is. like, yeah. Well, it didn't do well. and And so I don't know what they can do in a sequel that – Unless they put The Rock in it as That's Black Adam. That's
1: the only option.
2: <laughs> but we're not getting his movie, right? Like, it, his movie won't be out before this sequel goes into effect. So, that theory's kind of out the window. So, I don't understand. Like, I feel bad for it because I, I don't know what they can do necessarily to, to. They already made a good movie. It's not like you have to fix the ship. I mean, I yeah. there's
0: speculation that it could be things. I mean, there's a lot of factors to this. I mean, yeah. they have a cast of kids who they don't want to start springing up and growing out, like, mustaches and stuff. So you might want to get that done. It's like Mr. Mind years.
2: is the next, is the yeah. one they set up, right? That's not going to sell tickets. Like
0: No. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think yeah. you have to do some kind of bigger DC movie connections to really yeah. sell the sequel. Yeah. And I don't know where that's going to be yet, but I think it has to be in there. But we're people we need to we need to find a place for. We need to find a place for Ray Fisher Cyborg or mm-hmm. things like that, or just whoever they put in Cyborg if those contracts are up. So, <laughs> he still know. wants that cyborg movie. Yeah. He's
2: still yeah, pipping he's, that thing.
1: He's very much just still wanting it. Like, give it <laughs> to Poor him.
0: Ray
2: give
1: Fischer. him the yeah, give him
0: the So movie. yeah, I mean I mean they haven't even officially announced his AM two, so this is really the first we've heard about this kind yeah. of pushing forward. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna be i'm still kind of skeptical i'll be surprised like until i hear this officially announced yeah so i don't know if this is just an actor pushing for that next project or this is really happening but uh yeah color me surprised as well about this one so moving right along we're gonna end our dc update with uh just two quick kind of uh anniversaries that passed this past friday two interesting anniversaries one is a real one one is a Would have been.
3: Uh,
0: (laughs) Friday, this past Friday, was the six-year anniversary of Zack Snyder's DCEU kickoff film, Man of Steel. Still one of the most highly debated comic book movies, one of the most divisive Superman stories in any medium period. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wrote another, I've done many defense pieces for Man of Steel since 2013 when it came out. Um, but I wrote a little nice anniversary defense piece of it from the modern era, kind of looking back, had some funny stuff in there. Matt, you liked.
2: It was very good. I, um, I, I thoroughly but yeah, recommend it.
0: But just kind of talking about Man of Steel, because I think it is more interesting. And I said this when the movie came out, that it was it's it was artistically sound enough that I felt like even with all the divisive stuff, people were going to be obsessed and talk about this movie for years to come, which to me is the sign of great cinema. It doesn't have to be popular right immediately in its day. It's about how it kind of lasts the test of time. Mm-hmm. And um, as time has gone on, gone on, I think Man of Steel people, there are more people who have more appreciation. It's kind of like the Star Wars prequels in the sense that
3: mm-hmm. as
0: time passes, people start, the opinion of it starts to kind of turn around. And I think there's less of the people who hate it and more of the people who either look back and say, oh, you know, that isn't actually such a bad comic yeah. book or superhero movie, mm-hmm. especially when we've seen things like you know, the Batman versus Superman theatrical cut or Justice League or Mm -hmm. some of those other terrible movies that have come along, Dark Phoenix, you know, you look back at Man of Steel and there's an actual deep story there. And it is an interesting Superman story about trying to, if you, I mean, it's now kind of happened and so we don't think about it, but like trying to bring Superman into the modern era was a huge undertaking back in the early 2010s because Mm -hmm. Superman Returns had come out and it it did not connect. (laughs) Yeah, it did not connect. Trying to bring that Christopher Reeve nostalgia directly into the modern age, people were like not feeling that. So, mm-hmm. Man of Steel kind of went almost, arguably, you know, so far in the other direction, mm. being like, "Here's real modern day kids. Superman breaks necks and hits <laughs> people up. Like yeah. that's the way it would be." Like, and but um, in terms of the filmmaking, the the action, the fights between super powered Kryptonians, and just the drama and the kind of Real deep ponderance of who Superman is, and the thing I like about Man of Steel the best is the way it transforms the Superman mythos, which was, you know, Superman used to be this representative of all American people, right? Which meant, like, you know, basically, like, a white guy growing up in Kansas in in a farmland was Superman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Man of Steel really kind of, in very subtle ways from the moment it starts, takes the Superman mythos and says... Superman can be all these other things, these marginalized people of society. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it starts out with Clark Kent literally in the closet of school, like, dealing with this identity he has and having to have his mother kind of console him. Mm -hmm. Um, Great metaphor for just people of any lifestyle Mm -hmm. that feel in any kind of repressed lifestyle. Big immigrant story in there about, Mm -hmm. you know, coming to this. Big things about God and religion and, like, all this stuff. And so, um, yeah, still love Man of Steel. It doesn't come through at all, but no, it's really like (laughs) I just realized I'm sitting here and I'm just gushing about steel.
1: I
2: love it. No, I love it. it. I mean, uh, yeah, because like you make really great points.
1: like I love when I hear Kofi talk about it because he's just so like well thought out. In his position, I'm like everything you just said is the reasons why. Like I do really enjoy yeah. Man of Steel, yeah, um, which is just always so nice to hear. So thank you for explaining that. Oh no, friendly. no problem. I mean, <laughs> I That's
0: was, just, I mean, it, it meant a great deal to me when it came out, and I just saw that, and I was like, man, like yeah, this is a Superman story that I could get. And I mean, if yes, we can debate. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a perfect movie. There's things we can absolutely debate. We can debate the Pa Kent death. I hate that. Yeah, that's like, mm, but you can have
2: like, you like, I I refer to your saying now all the time. You can walk and chew gum, right? Yeah. So you can can have a movie can be flawed and you can find things that you don't love about it. And still as a movie, as an overall experience, hold up. And that, Mm -hmm. that movie does like, that's the movie that I go back to always and go, man, that's why I feel robbed yeah of a Cavil Superman that I was yeah. like, we saw it. like we saw what can you can do with that combination. And yeah. then they get the next two movies,
0: and they just and it'd be this
2: it. chopped and whatever I'm like, oh my God, we yeah. had it, and the know? full
0: Batman v Superman takes that character and, and continues an interesting evolution mm-hmm. with him because Batman and Superman is him, like actually struggling with this identity of mm-hmm. him being this idealist and all this stuff and the whole. Storyline of him hunting down the prisoner that Batman mm-hmm. brands and mm-hmm. and getting manipulated about that whole thing and his idealism work kind of getting twisted around by Lex Luthor is all very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, like, it would have been interesting in a Justice League movie where he comes back from the dead and we begin to get the Superman that we know and love, the wholesome, mm-hmm. doesn't kill, yeah. who's learned how to be a hero the hard way – Because that was the whole point of the arc. I mean, that was
2: why Snyder got so much grief when he came out and was like, the the point to having him in one of those divisive issues, right, is him killing Zod. Yeah. But it's the thing of, I wanted to show him as a flawed being and Mm -hmm. make the wrong choice. And then by the time we got to Justice League, you see how he becomes... The Superman that everyone yeah. knows—you don't kill, you don't—and that's why he works mm-hmm. as such a great opposite to Batman, right? Yeah, right. Um, and that was like his plan. And you go, well, that makes that makes sense. And even though people hated that decision at the time, I think now mm-hmm. the time has gone on. Yeah. You see, you see the form of the Snyder Plan in mm-hmm. whatever disheveled mess it is yeah. now. Yeah. You can kind of see that arc, and you—it's yeah. It makes me
0: miss. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm always going to wonder about that because I think if we yeah. had seen the full thing, like yeah. The idea of Superman being this flawed person who came from this very troubled place Mm -hmm. and how to use his power the wrong way, learns how to do it the right way, goes, meets up with a person who has opposite ideals from him, slowly is affected by that person, but also very much affects that other person Mm -hmm. and changes Batman into the leader that he has to be when Superman dies in the first part of Justice League Mm -hmm. and getting back Superman and, and forming that whole... Trinity with the between the two of them and adding in Wonder Woman and then mm-hmm. having them all kind of affect each other and become this greater heroes like yeah it would have been a real epic journey like mm-hmm. we might have been like Endgame epic but like, yeah we're never gonna get there no. yeah so. it took
1: how many movies to get to Endgame <laughs> yeah that's the thing it's like I just wanted so much more space and I understand studios and there's so many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. working on that vision but fundamentally I really appreciated the vision of what Snyder wanted to set out and this has become like. Way more than Man of Steel, but what I saw in Man of Steel was like so exciting to me. Is like I was in, I was like high school or just started college, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Like I'm so excited to see this. I just showed my age to everyone. Hi, hello. Um, but like it was so awesome, and then I've just kind of been sad ever since.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And moving from that sad note to an even sadder note of half-formed, broken things, mm-hmm. we're going to conclude today with our review of Jessica Jones season three. Um, totally not where I thought he was going with that segue. But. I, <laughs> said,
1: yeah, I thought you were about to mention the other anniversary that never happened. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> oh, it
0: works. God. but it But it totally works. No, no, but we're not going to do that because there was another anniversary real quick. <laughs> Last Friday when Man of Steel would have been out for six years. Yes, another broken, lost thing. Well, like have been it the anniversary. Either, way. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> either way. Perfect I mean, segue. This was just a bad Friday because all of these things happened on Friday. There was a Man of Steel anniversary. Jessica June season three came out. And it would have been... The release date of Justice League 2, which we've all been kind of living day by day, piece <laughs> by piece, as Zack Snyder trickles out the information about what, what we would have gotten. That and dang
2: dark side image. Yeah, oh.
0: This yeah. this second chapter would have been like Empire Strikes Back. First Justice League, they would have defeated Steppenwolf. Superman would have come back. There are all these threads Snyder was working on with the... Uh, thing for Batman v Superman with the, with the time and the nightmare, yeah. mm-hmm. and then this one would have been the start of that nightmare world where they would have been kind of attacked by Darkseid, like Superman comes back and is evil, and like basically they have to travel to Apocalypse to try to get Superman back, they get stuck there by the end of the film while Darkseid comes to Earth and just totally wrecks Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, setting up Justice League 3 in this crazy Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2 mm-hmm. double time travel Jeez. like finale that we've talked about on the podcast before and you should read about if you can. Um, but yeah, it would have been Justice League 2. So
4: Poof. that was just sad on what that day because
0: been? like yeah, we were all I remember when Justice League was announced and it was going to be two films right off the bat like yeah. Games and Infinity War style and then it got cut down to two separate films then just one film, <laughs> then just half of a film, yeah. Yeah, and then like yeah. So it would have been the anniversary or the release date of Justice League two. So that's what could have been. Pour one out. Pour one out. If well, you let's got think it. of what I would will will do with my cup day. here. Except Brittany, exactly. Tony.
1: Yeah, I'm over here trying to bring light into this. Yeah, you be hopeful. All. Let's think mm-hmm. of what will be one day when they get there. I don't know where they're going out. with
0: all this right now. So I don't even know We got Wonder
1: Woman 1984,
0: Justice League. <laughs> I don't even
1: know when or if step people to see
0: yes. the words Justice League on a film marquee again. Yeah, it's
2: gonna so. be, they right.
1: will not name it Justice League. Whenever they're ready to do this again, it will just be called like The League. It'll be they're like one of those
2: off-brand toys you find Just like, League of the story Justice, arc is.
1: <laughs> Tower
0: of Babel, DC's Tower of Babel. Oh, oh, yeah, watched they're, that. they're not going to do it. But anyway, the other sad thing that happened on Friday was the release of Jessica Jones Season 3, which has yeah. been one of the most acclaimed and kind of artistically sound Marvel Netflix shows across the board. Um, season 1 was a classic with its just kind of mystery thriller. Uh, David Tennant as Kilgrave, one of the best MCU villains hands Absolutely. down. Um, And, yeah, that that whole thing with him as the purple band and being able to mind control people and all the great surprises that did throughout the season where every time you think it was, like, a calm scene, one of Jessica Jones' friends turns out to be, like, psycho killer, Mm -hmm. like, under possession or something. Um, Season two was slower and a little bit darker and more serious and brooding character work, which a lot of the second seasons of the Marvel Netflix shows were. So um, it was about Jessica and her mom and PTSD. Mm -hmm. Because the first one was about kind of this metaphors for like rape and sexual abuse and domestic abuse and all this stuff that was done really well with us in the superhero framework. Um, Season two got a little bit deeper but was very good about like exploring this female character, probably one of the best female superhero character, absolutely kind of explorations so far. But unfortunately, season three is just kind of a lemon. It's kind of a dud. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's because the show has lost steam and the and the characters are just kind of getting spinning their wheels. I think there's a little of that, but it's also I think the perception of Marvel Netflix is over. Yeah, this is just kind of like the last leavings, and the enthusiasm is just not there. Like it got dark, Phoenixed, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah. There's absolutely no conversation about jessica jones as like the season in and of itself as a piece of art. i work. didn't even
0: remember it was out yeah for future jim, yeah. jim viscardi asked me on friday hey you're gonna write some stuff about <laughs> jessica jones season three i'm like what the hell are you talking about it snuck up on me man it's like, not even it's on it's the queue yeah. no yeah. It, it wasn't even at the top no. of the queue I mean, <laughs> Netflix, no Net- it, like i was on netflix on friday I was watching yeah. stuff. I was watching When They See Us. The bo- I, I watched 50 things on Netflix on Friday. Yep. Not one, hey, Kofi, you might want to watch this. Like, yeah,
1: nothing. I had no searching. sure, the algorithm on Netflix should have recommended right? it. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I'm getting so.
2: Wanda Sykes stand-up special recommended <laughs> to me.
1: And yeah. I don't
2: have Jessica Jones. <laughs> it just came out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's but, a- yeah, I'm not going to beat it up because I like, I've loved Kristen Ritter ever since, mm-hmm. like, the bee in Apartment 23 and Breaking Bad, and mm-hmm. she was great as Jessica Jones. She's one of the best MCU kind of main players, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but this one is just kind of like, like I said, spinning their wheels. They just try to do they go back into the character arcs from season two. Season two was super dark with all these character arcs. Like mm-hmm. nobody in Jessica Jones is happy. Like everybody's Ev- really no screwed one's up. Ever happy. Yeah. And like and screwed up with like really serious real-world issues like mm-hmm. addiction sexual addiction or like you know sexual exploitation like like every weird horrible abuse that you could think of somehow worked in the Jessica jones's characters Mm -hmm. and this one is just them kind of doing more brooding and dealing with that there's a new kind of there's some new comic book marvel comics characters that are introduced but they're not comic booky at all Mm -hmm. like there's this feels like very stripped down of all the marvel comic book things Mm -hmm. um Except for some references, some on the nose hokey references, like uh, we get like a wildcat costume. You didn't reference.
2: like the Hellcat
0: costume, or the Hellcat costume. I oh, know. I mean, I, uh, I liked it, but it was like one of the only comic book yeah, things very. in this season. Mm-hmm. And is. then they and then
2: they do the and it's played snarky. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like, oh, and hell everything no. comic bookish
0: know. is kind of played snarky, <laughs> which is <laughs> funny up to a point for Jessica Jones because that's how she is, and like it was great in like the Defenders. Yeah, but this is a Marvel show, and mm-hmm. it. Should feel like that, and just not like some horrible lifetime series, and by the end of this, <laughs> yeah. it's like, kind of like when you're getting the climactic fight of this thing, like and I'm not going to spoil the whole season, but like it's just very anticlimactic, and it's all about the characters and their relationships, and all the actors in it, Carrie Ann Moss, the uh, Rachel Taylor, who plays um, Trish, her best friend, and Chris mm-hmm. Ritter like I said, are all very good. but like yeah, this one just feels like it was spinning its wheels, kind of going nowhere and. Yeah the added detriment of it being the kind of last cough of exhaust from Marvel Netflix is
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's kind of a sad way to end. Aww.
1: Yeah. I just felt bad. Movie. Cause like I haven't gotten to finish the season yet, but I'm a few episodes in cause I was helping someone move this past weekend. But like the episodes I did see, it just felt like the not good episodes of like law and order SVU. <laughs> yeah. <that's- laughs> like, like the very bland episodes, like so standard. If I hadn't like, if I just showed this as someone who's completely unattached to the Marvel universe in any way, they would just think it was like standard, just like a standard kind of mediocre, yeah. like oh, was kind that, of thriller series. Are you watching
2: that on Ion? Yeah, that
1: yeah, like that thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. It
0: feels like it feels like early '90s days of somebody trying to do like a Marvel superhero TV show,
1: mm-hmm. which is like, so you don't disappointing. Have the budget,
0: I love Jessica, like or like. The really know how how to do it. So you just kinda dress it up in a couple little And that's so crazy hallmarks.
2: because of all the talent evolved and, and the fact that it's the third season of one of the highest like and Daredevil has some of those same hallmarks of like working with dark themes constantly, or whatever. But they're they're very good about having at least yeah. a few characters that keep the lightheartedness
1: yeah, afloat. And his third season was
2: yeah, yeah. A plus. so I
1: expected a lot more. So yeah, I tough. was expecting a lot more, too. So.
0: so, I mean, we could tell you guys to go watch Jessica Jones Season 3. I mean, only if you're a Marvel Cinematic Universe diehard, and you've been with the series, you love the characters, you love the performers, then go ahead and finish it out. But, I mean... Watch Wanda it's Sykes. It's kind of hard to press play. What's that? Watch Wanda Sykes. Watch Wanda Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. That's where we're going to end.
1: There we go. That's recommendation. Recommend the Wanda Sykes
0: comedy special, Comic Book Nation. So I heard we're here first. Is- <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you guys want to join in any of the conversations we've been having, you can always find us on social media at Comic Book Nation. Hashtag comic book nation. Sorry, if you're just now getting uh, away, becoming aware of the show, and you want to jump in for the full journey, which I re- highly recommend you do, become part of the family. You can always find us on uh, any of your listening platforms. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart. Google Playlist, Google Podcasts, or you can tell any Amazon Alexa device, play Comic Book Nation podcast and it will fire up for you. We post new episodes of the show every Wednesday and every Friday on comicbook.com, where we have an RSS feed you can subscribe to so you can get regular updates about new episodes of the show. If you want to talk to any of us individually, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB.
1: And I am at Megan Peters CB.
0: And if you like the show... Please leave us a five-star review on any of the platforms you use or listen on. We will be reading r- reviews pretty regularly. And anybody who leaves us a five-star review that we read on the show, we will send you some comic book swag, including now oh, yeah. official Comic Book Nation t shirt which I am very happy about. They look slick. Yeah, they're really slick. They look good. So if you are a fan of the show and you, you know who you are out there, you guys make sure you uh, leave us a review so we can get you a comic book nation t-shirt and you guys can represent in full that'll do it for us here at comic book nation we hope to see you guys next episode and every episode thereafter until we get fired (laughs) we're out (laughs) of here see ya